Hello, tech friends, and thank you for tuning in to Emerging Technologies in Business, where we take a deep dive into different technologies that are impacting businesses today and in the very near future. I'm your host, Brock Reiney, and this podcast is brought to you by Kincannon XR. Let's talk tech. Hey, everyone. Welcome back for another episode. Today, we've got a great episode. We're celebrating our one-year anniversary of being a podcast for Emerging Technologies in Business. And with me is our producer, editor, and really all-around fixer, Matthew Carrier. Matthew, thanks for being here. How are you today, bud? Um, great. Thank you for – I'm just super excited. We made it a year, Rob. right? That's awesome. It's Congratulations pretty- again. I know. We got to celebrate our 50th episode. Now we get to celebrate one year. And so, so excited. Uh, I, I'm proud of you. I think it's very incredible that we've been able to do this for this long. And yeah, man. So congrats as well to you. Thank you very and much. When you say fixer, there's not too much that we have to fix that I have to fix, but you know, we, we get to, uh, we get to have a good time with it and we're always learning. We're always trying to improve. So that's part of the fun part about this all. That is false modesty if I've ever heard it in my entire life. That man fixes so many things you have no idea, but I appreciate the modesty. So I guess the first question I have for you, Matthew, is was there anything that inspired the idea of bringing this podcast to market? And I know that you have a background in podcasts, so where did you get started there as well? Yeah, I think I got started in podcast world when it was like, it was kind of the up and coming, you know, it was like, this is what everyone was starting to shift to is podcasts. And there was definitely a a big bang of everyone trying to get to the, uh, get to the front of of doing podcasts. And what happened is I think a lot of people didn't realize how hard it was to do a podcast. And and there are so many more tools today that there weren't when when I first did my podcast. And so- I would probably realistically spend about eight to 10 hours a week per episode to get it done. And this was something that I just did as a hobby because I enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed interviewing people, learning about them, but this was not part of my job. And so eventually after, I think I did it for about two years, I got burnt out. And I, I learned a lot. I will say anybody who's starting a podcast, find a way to monetize it quickly <laughs> because if you monetize it, then it makes everything worthwhile. And um, I did it as a passion project, which I enjoyed. Unfortunately, I didn't also add the monetize aspect of it quick enough. And so I started making money, but by that point in time, I was already burnt out. Uh, let me let me say quickly to answer your other question about emerging technologies. I do believe that for brands that want to be seen and that want to be looked at as authority in a particular industry, I think producing content of any of any kind, releasing content allows people to know who you are and build a trust for you that you actually know what you're talking about. So because you know, you know Canon XR are a bunch of experts that know what they're talking about, but how do we let people know about that? Right. And so any new company, it's it's about how do you build a brand and bring awareness to your product? And you know, thankfully, you were willing to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and here's, uh, you know, one year in, uh, what are we at? 60 something episodes? 66 now, I think. Something like that. 66, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. And I think, you know, there's so much value that, that you're bringing to each episode. So. Appreciate yeah. that, for sure. I will yeah. tell you this. So the fun thing is that, both of us have done podcasting in our past. Like I did one, 
I want to say at this point, gosh, I'm dating myself 15 years ago, uh, really well before podcasts became popular. Granted, it was about fantasy sports and things like that. Just like you were saying, it's a passion project, right? And we did the same thing. We didn't get to monetization quick enough and we all got burned out. We all had real jobs and it was just hard to have four different people show up on the same day every week because people got families or we all grew up and everything else happened. And if we would have stuck with it, it's kind of one of those uh, what if moments in the back of this world, you know, like what if we did figure that out? Because then you see something like Barstool Sports who gets sold for billions of dollars to a gambling company. So right. yes, I love your, your, uh, your advice there. Monetize or monetize early. That way it also makes early, it more worth yeah. it for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you can start hiring out a team and actually getting, you know, some of the pieces that you don't enjoy doing. Right. Uh, I don't know of anybody that, and again, there's tools today that we can actually talk about which tools are, are, are out today that you can do a one man project and it is a little bit easier to produce a podcast episode, but I was editing everything in logic pro taking out every, um, every space, everything, <laughs> every line. And, and that was the other thing that I learned also, this was before Joe Rogan really kind of blew up in his format is that a lot of these productions we'll go back to, to, I think, you know, NPR when they were putting out pretty high quality podcasts, they were per- professionally produced. And so I tried to match my quality with that. And as my background in sound engineering and producing music, I knew how to edit, but I would edit everything and it sounded incredible. <laughs> but I got so burnt out by trying to make everything perfect versus if I were to do it again, which you and I talk about now, it's, don't make it perfect. People don't want perfect. Joe right. Rogan's episodes aren't perfect. I mean, he broke the mold of people just want to know who you are, Brock. They want to hear you say, um, and so, and I don't know how to answer that question. Like they want realness in episodes. And I think that's what we're trying to do with emerging technologies is bring real talk to technologies that are happening and new technologies that are happening uh, instead of like the behind a paywall. And I don't really know, you know, what am I going to get by putting in my email in exchange for something? And so that's what we're trying to do. And when you really start thinking about the differences in that technology, so just call it 15 years, right? The difference between trying to record and produce a podcast to where it is today is so infinitely different. I know you mentioned it a minute ago, but you're so right. Like those were back in the day where we would spend an hour and a half brainstorming to come up with a storyboard or a script for an episode. And then once we had it recorded, which we were doing on some sort of DSLR camera back in the day, because... I had a friend who was a video editor, so we had yeah. access to really nice equipment. Um, he would still have to go through that single board. Um, whatever you got was what you got. There was no yeah. easy way to edit unless you sat in front of Avid or Premiere or sure. some sort of other editing software to go change those things. And now it's so funny because now we utilize ChatGPT4. That helps with content. That helps with even streamlining content, right? We're working with a company called Cast Magic for utilizing AI to write out the best uh, descriptions of an episode or the best headlines or things like that. Even that, when you start looking at other editing software that's gotten that much better, now we have these treasure troves of these free-to-use videos, which are hard to find, or you pay a lot of money for them and search the internet for an hour and a half to find one just to go throw in as B-roll and 
all of those conglomerations of those things come together just make this so much easier than ever has right. been before. Could you imagine what we could accomplish with these tools back when we were doing our original pod- oh, podcast? Man. I think Descript alone, like I think Otter AI was another one that I looked at, but Descript alone, ha- being able to just it instantly transcribes it and you say, remove all of my filler words. We are not professional speakers, Brock. Right. We say, um, so <laughs> we have pauses and Descript essentially says, would you like to remove those? Right. And again, like I said, it took me yeah. eight, eight to 10 hours and a week last time. And now it's like, yes. Yes. And then we take that, we export it. We can add overlay from stock videos that are now out there. There's AI that says, type it in. This is what I want. We can fill that in. And so all of these things are necessary to create captivating and good content. And and I'm so happy that you and I are in right now, the middle of AI just blowing up and all we get to try all these cool tools to help our stream, like streamline our processes. And I think it's a lot of fun. Absolutely. And that's been the funnest part so far. AI has just been such a whirlwind of helpfulness. Um, yeah. But let me ask you this question, too. So we've heard Elon come out. We've heard the Waz from Apple come Uh-oh. out and they say, hey, Uh-oh. we need We're gonna to talk about next yeah. month pause on this stuff. How do you feel about it? Well, I do trust... That's a good Tough question, question to, right? <laughs> to talk about here on a podcast, but I, 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 I did have true story. I did have an opportunity to meet Waz, and oh, wow. he he was one of the most genuine, genuinely nice people. Complete opposite of of a Steve Jobs that I would assume. I've never met Steve Jobs. Every book that I read about him, complete opposite. Really sweet, sweet guy. I read Elon's book. And Elon is more on the Steve Jobs side. Uh, Elon is a competitor. I feel like Elon is somebody that wants to always be at the top and wants to win. And so to have someone like Elon say, we need to put a pause in that, in my brain says, maybe he's trying to catch up. Maybe, yeah. But then you throw in someone like Waz there, and it's like, oh, maybe there is something here to this. Right. Right. So I'm not smart enough to answer your question because I don't quite know – what what the risks are, what they are seeing firsthand of what AI is capable of doing. I don't know the answer to that. But right now, I don't want them to pause. I want them to keep going and keep seeing where this thing goes. So that's my answer for you. Yeah, I think it's, it's a Pandora's box, realistically, at least my opinion on this, right? Once we let that cat out of the bag, there's no way to put it back in. And that's the scary part. And I think that's the reason why they've put out that pause specifically for that reason, thinking that machines learn faster than we ever could, obviously. We are not uh, necessarily the alpha species if we release to that area, and that's kind of a scary thing, realistically. But at the same time, I do love that it's made everything a little bit easier along the way. So I think rules, regulations, things like that are going to have to be implemented, and I get why they're saying that, right? We don't have those things implemented because it's brand new. We had to do the same thing with the Internet back in the day. And I think it's going to follow the same formula as the internet did when it first came out, right? There's going to be this huge boom of people and everyone's got a solution that utilizes AI. And we're going to find that most of those either get eaten by something else, they get absorbed by something else, or they just don't work. And then we'll see a a clear throughput probably two to three years down the line. At least that's my guess. (sighs) 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I was trying to remember the book that I I read recently, which was fascinating. It actually talks a lot about new new innovations and technologies and how oftentimes there's there's it's the wild west when a new technology is released. And right. so, I mean, AI is not necessarily new, but what is happening in AI is is very new. And this book talks about what happens is there's a release of this new technology and then there's the the you know the the bad people right we'll just call the bad people that come in they're like how can i how can i use this technology for evil and we've seen it in cryptocurrency we saw it in nfts we see we see a lot of people scamming a right. new technology that that was happening well then what, what happens is then there's this this okay well now we need to put a box around this here are the rules this is what you can do and this is what you cannot do but unfortunately until a new technology is released there's no idea to there's no way to anticipate what that box needs to look at because right. it's a new technology i think it's going to happen with ai i know that they say well you can't stop it and I, I have a hard time thinking, like, I don't live in the Terminator type of world where I, I think that it's going to be uncontrollable. I, I do think we're going to be able to control it. But I could be naive as well. I don't know. But I think once we understand the evil that can happen with AI, I believe that there's going to be a box that's going to come in and be put around it so that there's safety uh, regulations. I think it has to, right? Because I, yeah. This is just my opinion, but if, if I were an AI computer and I was looking at all the things that are wrong in the world, they all come back to humans, realistically. Right? <laughs> exactly. And the elephants aren't the one that are polluting the planet or anything like right. that. So I could see where they're like, oh, well, this makes sense. If we eliminate the humans, we eliminate the problems. We're not going to have right. global warming or anything else going on anymore. That's the scary part that I think everybody's involved in but anyway let's get off that, that, that topic. I, I think i think the book was called life 3.0 i believe life i think that is the book that 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 mentions that so it was, it was either that one or the future is faster than you think one of those two books blew my mind about all this this modern technology so that's my book plug for you guys i love it yeah matthew yeah. Uh, is diligent about reading books what you read two books a, a month is that what it is or one book a month i can't remember what it was yeah, yeah i was doing about 40 40 to 50 books a year. Yeah. So whatever that kind of comes out to. Yeah. About three to four. Yeah. Three to four a month. Yeah. 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 Matthew's all about books. So anytime that we get all good information them. from him, it's uh, it's always good reads. So yeah, go look that book up. What was it called one more yeah. time? Third Life? Life 3. Yeah. Life, Life 3.0. Okay. Or it's The Future is Faster Than You Think. And that book is that book really kind of makes you step outside of, we were like, Oh, it's cute. AI is cute. Or, or virtual reality is cute. This is talking about like, no, we're talking about transporting people to different places with it. it anyways, we can talk <laughs> about that at a different time. Yeah. Read the book. Yeah. So over the last year, have there been any favorite episodes or moments or guests that you've had over the show that really just kind of stuck with you? You know, I, one of my favorite things is how, Brock comes and he's like, this is my idea for this this uh, episode about Halloween or this episode about uh, my favorite was the most recent one. I got to say the April April 1st one was was brilliant. Um, so I'm not going to actually I'm not going to say what it is. I want people to go find the April 1st episode. Yeah, uh, that 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 one just I, I was entertained the entire time. The other one obviously is is the. What's it called? The art of sense. A sense of smell. In, 
sense of smell in VR. I mean, as a, as a kid staying home from school and, you know, Emeril Lagasse is in the kitchen, you know, doing the bang, doing the bang thing. And, you know, then it's all these competition shows and all these judges get to try these delicious foods. And I'm like, I wonder what it smells like in that kitchen. Uh, the future is faster than you think. Hey, there you go. <laughs> and I, I think what just going to look like at some point to bring yeah. that because you know the the sense of smell is based in VR. But I love that to be in every modern home. Wouldn't that be the oh, greatest yeah. thing to have a piece of machinery yeah. where like you turn on the home cooking network and yeah. hey, they're grilling uh, you know garlic asp- asparagus today, and you yeah. just get a little <laughs> whiff of it. I don't want it to be overpowering, just a little bit, exactly. right? You have a knob of what's the, what's the <laughs> level of smell. <laughs> it's the old, this one goes up to eleven, just so you know. You know, I can't like I'm sure YouTube will be one of the first to, to roll out some sort of adapter where it's like cookies, you know, baking cookies. You just hey, you know, smell, what? if we ever made it ourselves, we could call it cookies. And that would just be ironic because, you know, cookies, are, never mind. Anyway. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> and cut. <laughs> and cut. Great. So, Matthew, uh, are there other emerging technologies that you think might provide a pivotal potential revolution to the business world in the next couple of years that maybe we haven't covered on the podcast so far? I, I think the biggest one I hope that I'm right. I think I will be wrong. But I think the thing that really needs to be the biggest impacted industry is education. And I think the biggest, they, virtual reality, I believe, will revolutionize the education industry. Just in general, like I'm talking school system, I'm talking schooling system. Uh, We've already seen that VR helps like like people with VR training learn four times faster than so non-immersive training right does. I I don't know why the schooling system has not evolved at all. And I know you have kids. Uh, mine will will are too young to be in school right now. But I remember when I was in school thinking uh, this is already feels outdated. Even what we were learning in math that I was like, I don't need to learn this. Like, I think being able to think through problems is obviously the most important part of what schooling can, can do for you. But I just think virtual reality can come in and really provide experiences and opportunities for students that, that will expand and their desire to want to learn more about certain fields and and avenues by just putting on a headset and being able to transport to, we'll just say Washington DC, right. Be able to walk, walk around and see, you know, all of the monumental uh, places in Washington DC, be able to travel to China, be able to travel to Africa and go on a safari, like all these, these, these things you can already do right now. And I just think giving that experience to kids, I, I just, I feel like it would spark a curiosity, a healthy curiosity in kids that I don't feel like is there right now, because all kids do right now, in my opinion is, is we're going to use our screens for games and distractions. And I just wish we got back to some curiosity, like what, right. like curiosity and learning curiosity and fun, trying to discover more. So the reason why I'm hesitant to say education is because I don't feel like there's a priority in investing 
from right. the education world, uh, either from our government and investing into the education system and then the education system investing into new technology. But uh, that is my hope. That is my hope that by the time my kids get to school, VR is implemented into training. And I think that we've seen that though, right? We've even seen companies who utilize the gamification version of VR to help teach their employees. So why are we utilizing that same thing with kids? Imagine how much yeah. more fun that would be for kids. They're like, okay, we're going to transport you into downtown Rome. You need to go find these five locations and take a picture with them. Once you're right. done with that, come back to home base. We'll record everybody's times. That just makes it fun. Right. And then they know oh, yeah. what the Leaning Tower of Pisa actually looks like or what the right. Coliseum looks like because they went to go find it. Like, I know what that looks like now. Right. That's kind of blowing my mind, too. Now, they've, they've done a little bit of updates in the classroom since probably we were in there. Like, okay. There's not necessarily blackboards anymore. Almost everything is all either these whiteboards that they can write anything on that can then transfer things to uh, kids' devices. But they're still using books, which blows my mind. Like, who yeah. has a hit contract out on these schools <laughs> to make them still buy these books that are $180 a piece? It doesn't make any yeah. sense anymore. Like, why yeah. not just hand every kid a Kindle or something? I don't know. Right. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. And, of course, then books wear out their paper. They're only good for one or two years, whereas you could very easily push another update or just assign every kid an iPad. They can draw, write, do whatever. Like, you want them to show their work, give them a digital means to do so. Uh, talk about technology that you should have implemented 10 years ago. 10 years ago, yeah. Like, that's yeah. the crazy thing, but it's still not yeah. there. I mean, we know, we know government schools are underfunded. We know that, right? But there's got to be... If we can yeah. send a ton of money to another country, we should be able to put that inside of our school system as well, at least my opinion. Uh, yeah, yeah, we align. Yep. Yeah. So question for you, especially because you've had so much background in podcasting. You know, if there was someone who wanted to start a podcast, is there any advice that you would give to them or any stumbling blocks that they may have to overcome that you have some advice for? I know you asked me this the last time that we talked, but I think it would be great for them to hear what your response would be. Yeah, I, 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 have, I have three that, that kind of is in top of my head. Plan out 10 episodes, at least 10 episodes. Plan them out. Title, description, or if it's an interview, have 10 guests that are going to be on there. Because if you don't plan for 10, you're going to get to episode three and want to quit. Right. It's going to be hard. You're going to watch them back and you'll be like, that sucked. sucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you don't have a lot of experience interviewing people, it is hard. Oprah makes it look easy. It is difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so plan out 10 episodes and commit to yourself saying, I will do at least 10 episodes. And I, I made this comment last time. There is that, that famous saying, there's a graveyard full of three episode podcasts because once you get past three, you're like, okay, now I'm starting to feel like I'm in my flow a little bit more, but it's still hard. I mean, I would always tell you, I'm like, Brock, let's get to episode 50. You know, if we get to episode 50, we did it. We did it. <laughs> and now next goal is let's get to episode 100. Yeah. Uh, so, so plan out 10 episodes, monetize as quickly as you can, unless you're doing this for, for a brand building where it's something you're getting uh, paid to do to help grow a brand that you're still getting paid and it's still something that's like, okay, I can get through some of these hard things, but monetize quickly, have 10 episodes and find the tools that will, you can use to automate processes. Yeah. 
So tools now, again, tools are very, very good. I've, you know, there are things before a lot of this AI, you know, Zapier was very, uh, was, was a great tool that I used a lot to help automate some of my forms. You know, when someone filled out a form, it was entered into Airtable, which Airtable's like Excel, uh, a, a colored version of Excel. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, a kid, a kid brought some crayons to school and colored in uh, Excel, and that's what Airtable is. And I absolutely love Airtable, but Zapier is sort of the automation tool. Now there's so many. Descript is an incredible tool. You incredible. can do everything in Descript and just publish it directly. Uh, before Anchor was bought out by by Spotify, now it's a Spotify tool. I would have to pay, I think, twenty bucks or twenty five bucks a month to host my podcast. And then Anchor came out and was like, no, you just just, we'll just post do it, it on our platform yeah, it here. we'll get our name out and be sold to Spotify for I don't know how much money. So it worked for them. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, you know, and so I think you can do everything on Descript and now podcast, uh, Spotify podcast for free. And I think that's something that me and Pat or Matthew talk about every week too, just so everybody knows. Like we always have a month ahead of content, always, right? Yeah. And that's the other thing I'll throw out for the people who are starting something. Don't release your first episode right after you record it. Don't do that to yourself. Record five to ten episodes yeah. and then release your first one so that you give yourself that time to catch back up and continue to have those upcoming episodes that are still going to be good quality because – if you do it the other way, you're going to be rushing, and then you're going to be trying to get an episode out on a Monday that you're recording on Sunday evening and throwing it over to Matthew's uh, calendar, asking him to uh, edit it, and he's going to tell you no. Like your your, your producer, your editor, yeah. they're going to tell you no. Yeah. So just heads yeah. up on that. Um, and then I guess, Matthew, last question for you. Um, looking back on the past year producing this podcast, you know, what are you the most proud of? Or were there, And are there any goals for the future of the show? <clears throat> Yeah, I'm most proud of the fact, and, and I'm being honest when I say this, and I think this is also another good lesson for anybody wanting to do a podcast, is you approach things in a very, uh, in a very uh, humble, maybe humble is not the right word, but you're willing to learn. And sometimes the feedback can hurt, but you're saying, I want to, I want the feedback. How do we make this better? How do we keep making this because we have great content. How do we get it out to people? And I think the ability to, I'm most proud of the fact that a, we've gotten this far and B that you still receive feedback, even at this stage. I appreciate that. Uh, We're we're working on, on we've, we've started adding an intro to all of our episodes because you got to know what, what you're walking into as a listener. And then we looked at those intros. We're like, are they interesting enough? We got to hook them. So now we're trying to rewrite our intros. And this is all time that it takes Brock to have to redo things. But it's all about how do we create intrigue enough to want people to then listen to the episode. Right. Well, then, as, as we know, Brock, now, and a lot of people will know if you go on YouTube, it's all about the thumbnail now, right? right. <laughs> Having a good thumbnail makes people want to click on it. Well, then what pe- gets people to stay is a really solid intro. And then what gives people to keep coming back is good content. Right. So those three elements. Consistently posting content too. Consistently posting, yes. And I I would say I'm most proud that we are continuing to tweak and make it better and better every single episode. I totally agree. From where we started to where our episodes look today, 
yeah. night and day, night and day. Right. And that's a lot uh, thanks to your your open eye that you're looking through those things and seeing the things that we can tweak and manipulate to get a little bit better. I'm excited to see what next year looks like with the growth right. that we had from the beginning to where we are now. Right. Who knows where we're going to be next year because we've right. only gotten more savvy. And that's the same advice I give to anybody. Like the more time you put into this, you're going to get that much better every single time. You'll ask a question a little differently. You'll find that this type of thumbnail gets more attraction than this one does. So you start right. going down this path. I think it's great, man. I think we've done a hell of a job over the last yeah. year. Just yeah. thank you for every bit of advice. Um, and thank you for always asking for those ways of like, hey, we need to make this better. That's a great way to live. You always want to try to get better. If you're not trying to be better today, you're wasting today, right? Right, right. Yep. yep. Tony so, Robbins says try to get 1% better every day. That's, that's it. it. Just 1%. And, that, and that's what you do on every one of these videos too. That's exactly, exactly. how we're going about it. Well, Matthew yeah. – Thanks for being here. Thanks for taking the time to be on the show. Um, for everyone back at home, we have new episodes that come out every Monday morning for Emerging Technologies and Business at 7 a.m. And we are sponsored by Kincannon XR. XR is the future. And if you are working in the XR world or looking to step into the future with XR, Kincannon XR is, help, is here to help bring that reality in, or your dream into a reality. So if you're starting with an XR application or you're looking for a helping hand to take that idea to the next level, Kincannon is here to help. And you can reach out to them directly by emailing them at inquiry at kincannonxr.com. And then you can find our podcast on social media as well, at ETIB Podcast. And if you like this episode, take a second, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, or check out one of these other videos that are above mine and Matthew's head here on YouTube that's from Emerging Technologies and Business. That's going to do it for today. Happy one-year anniversary, Matthew. It was Woo! a hell of a ride, sir. For everybody hey, listening one extra, at home. What? One extra thing, Brock, because yeah. I know that the intro music is going to start fading up right now. So that's true. I uh, hope, hope everyone's enjoying that music. But we are going to also have a newsletter that's coming out very soon. So well, the first one's going to be an April newsletter, and we'll do one monthly. So if you want to get a part of that newsletter and find out more about any technology or emerging technologies, Go do that at CanonXR.com. Uh, it'll be on there to sign up. Heck yeah. Love it. All right, everybody. That's all the time all right. that we have today. I've been your host, Brock Brining. We're going to talk some more emerging tech next time. Bye, everybody.